0: About a year ago, I wrote this on a post-it note and I looked at it many times. I put it for a while on my mirror and I put it for a while on my laptop screen. Unconditional positive regard. and i used to have a real problem with the way that as trainers we've done this thing for years of just lifting psychology concepts lifting what's come from counseling and therapy and just inserting it into a a training and corporate and coaching world Um, usually misquoting it usually missing out the nuanced research usually missing out the detail that makes it relevant and just saying hey this will work for us but this specific piece i have found highly transferable to everywhere and here's the fear that we have what if that makes me weak what if that means people are gonna take me for a ride what if that means people are gonna tear me apart and hurt me and take everything that I hold dear and ruin it what if people don't mean well how will I protect myself well we'll get to that the phrase unconditional positive regard comes from the work of Carl Rogers and he's super influential, so much of what we think and include in the way we work, so much of the language that's become standard to us was new when Rogers was saying it. There was an idea before him that really the therapist knows best and they really ought to be telling the, the client how to behave. And that they needed this this outside source of guidance and advice. Probably from a a white middle-class man who was (laughs) well-educated. If we have an environment that we feel understood and valued without judgment, then the work of changing can be done with little or no prescription from a higher individual. That's the premise. That's the idea. And coaching the way that I was taught to do it, it never involved smashing someone's dreams down, tearing them apart, giving them hard challenges, setting them up for valuable failure experiences. When I work with sales managers, that's what I see. I think they need a good kicking. I think they need, um, they need harder knocks. They need to have it like we had it. They need to know what it was like back in the day when it was difficult. And it's not just sales managers with salespeople, it's, it's uh, us talking about the younger generations than ourselves. You know what millennials need? They need to have it hard. They're so entitled, they need a harder life. We need to tell them how it is They They need to know that life's not so friendly. When you feel like shit, people pointing it out to you doesn't help you so much when you've made a mistake having people show you how big your mistake was isn't usually the thing that's going to help you improve the Attribution error, the fundamental attribution error, the thing that we assume is that if someone is persisting to do something unhelpful, it's probably because they don't get it. It's probably because they don't know. So I'm going to go out there and tell them. You know, even if you end up telling them, here's a way around to do that. Assume positive intent. Now you might translate that into leniency going soft on people but it's not like that. How deeply are we prepared to love people at work, really love them whilst we're at work? My learners, the people on my courses, what if I love them? What if I love them like I love my son? What if I'm gonna keep helping and keep helping and keep helping and keep finding new ways to help? What if I'm gonna keep reworking my message? What if I believe that when they don't understand something that I've tried to teach, the responsibility is on both of us to rework that and look at it in a new way? What if I care enough to assume that the reasons they do whatever they do right now are all coming from the best place, that they are really doing the best they can with what they know. You know, Socrates, he talked about the, the teacher being the midwife of learning. People have the resources within themselves. People have the ideas within themselves. People know the way forward more often than we give them credit. But it's difficult for those ideas to come forward when there's so much fear of being wrong, of screwing up, of accepting themselves enough to make change. You know, when... When Stephen Covey talks about the habit of seeking first to understand, he's putting into business language what is effectively an act of love. Love is about seeking to understand someone. Understanding is not just let's intellectually grasp their logic and reasoning, but let's assume that when they've reasoned it out, they've done their best as it was at the time, with what they knew and what they had available and with how tired they were and how stretched they were and with the pressures that they had on them. And I'm talking about this as work here, but it's all of our lives, it's our relationships, it's our partners, they meant well. They were trying their best already and if they still didn't make it it's not because they're an idiot it's because they might need help they might be struggling one of my favorite places that i see this play out is in the the story ender's game when he has found a way to defeat the enemy and in the act of truly understanding them in order to beat them becomes the same moment where he truly loves them. True understanding is incredibly close to love and I don't mean this for just teammates, not just our customers, not just our partners but our enemies To the people we hate, the people saying the wrong things, the narcissists, the weirdos, the racists, the people ruining everything. This is hard when our enemies are so full of hate. But can we understand what they fear? We are not forgiving it. We're not making it okay. We're not accepting it. We're not saying it's fine that they do that. But let's understand it as them. Because when we accept the way and the logic that they have come to from their side, whilst they were being themselves, being from where they're from, then we come up with the chinks in the argument. Then we come up with the argument that's more convincing to help them change. Then we come up with the path to help people make different choices. And as long as we fight, and we argue, and we say they're different, they're wrong, they're crazy, they're backward, they need to be told, they need to be stopped, they need to be forced. And we apply all these pressures. It makes us, it makes it really hard to keep moving forward. Do we let him get away with it all? No way! Do I let my kid run a riot around the house? No. Do I love him the whole time? Yes.